0: Welcome to Healing at the Speed of Light. Every week, we discuss how laser therapy is changing healthcare and how you can benefit. Now, here is your host and founder of Laser Therapy Institute, Dr. Jason Roundtree. All right, welcome back to Healing at the Speed of Light. This is your weekly laser therapy podcast. My name is Dr. Jason Roundtree, and I'll be your host today. And we have a very special guest with us. I have on here Dr. Mark Jagger. He is a 2002 New York Chiropractic College graduate. He's working in Canada, and he's got some pretty neat things he's been working on. So we're bringing him on the show today to talk about laser therapy, but also decompression therapy and how he has paired those two together. So, Dr. Mark, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. So how did you – well, I'm – before I get into how, I'm just dying for you to, to talk with us about how you got into this whole thing originally and your ideas but but real quick, um, tell us a little bit about your background and kind of your clinical experience, your clinical specialties.
1: All right, uh, so I guess where I could start is uh, scarily enough, when I was about fifteen years old, I started volunteering in a hospital and uh, I ended up put in with long term care and physio, so I've been kind of in the realm for. That makes 30 years, 45 uh, now. So 30 years I've been in different spaces with respect to rehab. And so why I got into chiropractic was actually because I saw some holes in what we were doing in the hospital. When I discovered chiropractic, I'm like, man, this, this fits the holes perfectly. So this is what I want to be able to do for patients. Um, so yeah, and uh, I did kinesiology at York uh, University in Toronto, and then I did uh, chiropractic at NYCC and uh 2002 graduate and i've uh, had a number of different clinics and that type of thing since then um so yeah basically just from there worked anything from principled to uh injury and i've got into disc injuries now because that's just kind of i had some issues of my own i found ways to solve them and uh you know i wanted to uh to, to give that knowledge i had to patients
0: so you're still seeing patients, and you're yeah. also though you're the uh, the director of spine specialist clinics there in Canada. Yeah. So that that's pretty interesting. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about what kind of disc spinal disc issues you had that that kind of challenged yeah. you and pushed you in that direction? Absolutely.
1: Um, so neck issues. So I played hockey since I was about five years old, and you know there's a fair bit of contact involved in that sport sometimes, especially when you're <laughs> you know. Uh, five foot six defenseman and playing against guys that are over six feet, you have to find interesting ways to uh, stop them. So uh, I guess I use my head uh, in a number (laughs) of ways. So uh, I developed some neck issues. I picked up weightlifting after I stopped hockey. And those are wonderful activities for neck health. So uh, I had three days of uh, uh, very severe migraines by the time I was 27, like three days a week. Um, I worried about being able to practice uh, because I, Every time I bent over a patient, I felt like throwing up. And it's not often that people like you to throw up on them. So I had to figure a way (laughs) to, you know, kind of curb that. Um, And after trying a number of different things, decompression was, um, in fact, laser calmed it down. So that was the first thing I discovered. And I got into laser. And then I just felt like I needed a stretch as well. My head was, I have actually Sherman's as well. Uh, So my head was starting to dip forward and starting to feel the effects of that degeneration. Uh, So decompression is the second thing. And, uh, no, no, very few migraines now at this point, now that I'm observing wow. those two things. So, um,
0: that's exciting. Yeah, that's kind of where I was. And that's so common, right? I mean, we see people probably every day with that, that forward head posture. I'm sure you see patients all the time with headaches and neck problems that really impacts the, you know, daily life. I mean, that keeps you from doing things you want to do. Like, I mean, even simply exercising or doing your job.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And then I, you know, I had a number of patients at that time uh, when I purchased the first decompression table. I got, I had a lot of lumbar disc patients, and uh, as a practitioner, uh, I was using acupuncture, laser, and adjusting. I found that helped uh, immensely, but there were still a few of those patients that kind of in my position where posture wasn't a uh, was a was a problem. Um, the I just knew that the the, de- the discs needed to be decompressed to give them a longer lasting relief. Uh, So that's, you know, kind of where, where I added the decompression into the laser to try to get better results
0: and more long lasting results for those disc patients. Okay. So for those listening who may not know that the disc is a, is a cushioning type structure in between the vertebrae and the back, and you have a, a, a disc in between every vertebra and That provides some mobility and like I said, cushioning, but those discs can degenerate over time. They can experience injuries and they can protrude or herniate to the point where they put pressure on spinal nerves and they absolutely can be a very painful process. Um, And this happens to a lot of people. There's a lot of folks out there who are fighting uh, disc issues, degenerative issues. There's a lot of people that get surgery every year uh, for Disc issues and, unfortunately, many times unnecessary surgeries. Right. So, Absolutely. talk to me a little bit about how decompression really works, because we talk on this podcast quite a bit about laser therapy, but decompression may be something that those listening aren't really familiar with. How does decompression, you know, really work for a disc mm-hmm. problem?
1: Well, um, I, there's something I always like to say is that I believe very strongly in the fact that every spine is affected by something called gravity. So it's a bit of a joke. But, um, (laughs) this, it really is the case. So, you know, uh, people come into me with, you know, uh, being pre-diagnosed with, you know, degenerative arthritis and disc, you know, DDD, disc, disc disease. Um, and they're surprised and they're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I have this. I guess my mom had it, I guess. So, but I like to explain to them that that is also partly the semi-normal shouldn't say that as a chiropractor, but semi-normal, um, degeneration process of aging of the spine. So, with decompression, what you're doing is actually stretching it in the opposite direction. So they talk about you know, the importance of drinking water and the importance of getting enough rest. Well, that's also sleep. When you're horizontal, you take the pressure off the spine. If you're drinking enough water at night, the discs can rehydrate themselves a little bit. Um, a lot of people aren't getting enough sleep. A lot of people are not drinking enough water. Uh, yeah. A lot of people are drinking you know, uh, uh, you know, a lot of caffeine and alcohol that actually dehydrates them. So disc health is a big, big thing. And even in the preventative maintenance end of things, uh, some decompression treatment, or you've seen inversion tables, for example, um, they're a great thing to actually help maintain the health of the disc, even, you know, even if you don't have a problem. Uh, but of course, once you get that problem, you need something a little bit more uh, specific and uh, directed towards where that issue
0: is. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a, absolutely, absolutely right. And I think We probably again have seen patients every day that they get up in the morning. They got their cup of coffee, you know. They slept three or four hours in between staying up late watching TV, and now they got to head off to work. They're skipping the gym. Get those cups of coffee down. Get to work. By the time that lunch hits, they're having a soda with caffeine. And they get home, and the last thing they want to do is move or work or hydrate. They pop a couple beers in, and then they're off to bed and. Or you know it, you've got chronic dehydration, you've got chronic mobility issues, um, and then not giving yourself enough sleep to have that repair time. I think that's something that people, if people would just do that, I think we'd see so many less problems. Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So tell me a little bit now, if we, we've talked about decompression, we've talked a little bit about laser therapy. Tell me what your idea on this was. I think it is just so, so cool. Tell me how you got into that and, and what you have put together for us.
1: Oh, Thank you very much. Um, well, so I mentioned a little bit about pairing the decompression and laser together. So laser generally for relaxing and, and uh, uh, softening the tissues, decompression for stretching the spine out. Um, so one of the interesting things with that combo is the, the FDA approved, or if we say that word the FDA uh, words, wording on laser therapy, temporary relief of, uh, of pain, uh, muscle, muscle strain and muscle relaxation. Um, so with decompression, there were a few tables out there that changed angles and things like that and changed pull patterns to try to release the muscle, to try to fool it into relaxing. Well, this is where laser therapy is so phenomenal. Um, it directly relaxes muscle tissue. So the first thought was, well, Hey, why am I fooling the muscles into relaxing when I can just throw a laser on that, make them relax and stretch them at the same time. So that was kind of the first kind of thing that popped up. And so when I was using laser and decompression together, I was doing laser by hand. Uh, and when class four laser came out, which is all, you know, the, the K laser and some of these, these upper, uh, upper level lasers, um, you just stand there and you wave it over the patient and you want to try to be, you know, precise with the speed that you're working at to get the dosage, um, you know, to get the dosage uniform, because that's a very important thing when you're dilating blood vessels or one of the effects of, of laser therapy um, if you do a little bit over here and a little bit more in this area, you may bottleneck the circulation. So that's something that, um, you know, if you're trying to get rid of inflammation, a, a uniform dose is very, very important. So I thought, well, you know, why am I, you know, waving the laser over the patient's low back like a, you know, like a chump here or I can put it on a robot, put it underneath the table. The robot will make sure that the dose is, is completely uh, uniform and the same depending on how I set it every time. And then I can save save time uh, myself, my own labor. And then also um, when you're stretching and relaxing the muscle or relaxing and stretching the muscle at the same time, you get a much more effective treatment. So that was the first thought process that came in in wanting to try to build this uh, device. Um, And then, you know, we just sort of I knew a little bit about electronics and mechanics that we you know how to do it. Um, I didn't program it. I'm not that good. Uh but uh, you know, the, the mechanics of it we really, you know, kinda knew how we could do things. So uh we started building a prototype for my office and we find ourselves uh opening uh in partnership with clinics now, uh all across the country. So
0: that is Really, really neat, man. That's, that's really cool to be able to take those complementary therapies and put them together in a way that can help patients. And I'm sure that it, having those actually happening at the same time, there's probably that synergistic effect of the decompression happening while you're fueling that repair process with laser therapy. Uh, you know, one of the criticisms I've seen against some of the robotic lasers out there is it, hey, what if the patient moves or they change positions or they roll away? And that's not really a factor with your particular unit. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, it's positioned in the table and the patient is positioned on the table. So with decompression, you have a set of straps that you have to hold them into a certain position. So um, that way um, you can target the laser via programming. So there are a number of different patterns we run depending on what the diagnosis is. So someone has a diagnosis at a specific disc, I can actually program the laser to focus on that specific disc via positioning and via the programming. Kind of like when you take an x-ray, if you're aiming at something, that's what you hit.
0: So. Nice. Nice. Really like that. So for those listening, like what, what type of cases do you like to see or what type of cases seem to just respond awesome to this type of therapy, this combined laser therapy with decompression?
1: Um, well, what we tend to get is uh, normally the patients that have been fifteen to twenty different places already uh, different practitioners tried everything and they managed to just you know their exhaustive search ended up either referred to our office or you know found through you know our various forms of advertising and and internet listing so a lot of the patients we get are ones that are you know desperate for relief in the first place um, and when you get a patient like that better I mean you you know absolutely from your all your laser experience that it's it's life changing is doesn't really scratch the surface even you know you you the the the, the um you know the things that these patients you know patients can do you know hang out you know with play with their kids uh, be active all the things that they were missing because of the pain are are returned to them. So um, the one case I like to talk about uh, most is. Um, so there's something called a sequestered herniated disc. So what happens is the disc pops out and then it's like a little finger that pops out and pushes on the nerve, but it becomes almost detached from the rest of the disc. So in a decompression situation, um, if you're trying to rehydrate the disc and suck that bulge back in, the bulge has actually become larger than the hole it came out of because it leaked out and grew. So those... Primarily, I mean, even as a chiropractor, a lot of the time with a microdiscectomy surgery, um, I've seen patients be quickly uh, um, helped by that surgery. And I mean, normally we want to stay away from it, but certain cases, you know, that's kind of the direction that they should go for quicker, um, you know, quicker relief of what they're experiencing. So I had a patient that came in that had this very situation, had fallen. And uh, the problem was she uh, had four kids, single mom. And she's like, I'm not going under the knife. I know that things can happen through surgeries and I'm not taking that risk because I have no one to take care of my four kids. I I will live in pain forever if it means that I don't chance orphaning my children. Um, So I'm willing to come in here five times a week for the rest of my life if I need to, to make sure that I don't, you know, and that was a very extreme case. I had explained to her that, you know, discectomy might be a quicker solution, but it was the fear of the surgery that, that uh, so. Anyways, uh, long story short, uh, six months down the road, uh, she gets re MRI. She took about three months to get a reasonable relief. We re we get a second MRI at six months, and uh, the sequestration is gone. Uh, wow. So what was evidenced on the MRI? Now it's not a. I wouldn't say it's a usual case, mm-hmm. but it just gives the idea of what is potentially possible uh, with with technology like this. So, um, and in my you know, in, in my uh, assessment of the situation, the decompression would have potentially popped the um, the part that came off the disc, the sequestration. It would have detached it from the rest of the disc. And the laser goes in and helps reduce the inflammation, uh, helps the you know reduce the, the irritation part of it, relaxes the muscles, and um, the body will actually over time metabolize that disc fragment. Um, and I believe very strongly that the laser um, the, the the addition of the laser is what actually really bumped that healing capacity up and got her, you know, back to normal. And to this day, she's still in, you know, once every one to two weeks, um, you know, she has, has an injury that she has to be careful of because it could re injure, but you know what? 95% of the time she's out of pain. So, and this wow. is three to four years down the road.
0: That is so. so awesome. If I can take a little side journey there and just, Real quick, say, just to reinforce, of course, on this podcast, we're never recommending treatment or or guaranteeing any kind of cure for any disease. We're just talking about clinical experience and and what the research says. So please make sure if you're a patient, you're getting good uh, hands-on clinical judgment and and treatments and don't take what we're telling you as any kind of uh, recommendation or cure. But this is really neat stuff. And if I can just throw in some stats from recent research... Um, fusions and discectomies are very, very common. Not as bad for you guys up there in Canada, but here in the US, our rate of spinal surgery is at least five times greater than many other developed countries. And as a matter of fact, with fusion surgeries, the five-year outcomes for patients who were eligible for fusions and had them versus patients who are eligible for fusions and did not have that done, the five-year outcome is the same for patients wow. who had the surgery and for patients who didn't. And the latest research for discectomies says that with six weeks of conservative care, like laser therapy, physical therapy, decompression, 90 plus percent of those patients will no longer need surgery if they are given that good six weeks of care. And you know what? The, the 10-ish percent uh, of folks that don't improve, they can go to surgery and get good improvement. You know, And of course, this is barring any red flags, right? Um, okay. any, any loss of bowel or bladder control is always an emergency, um, and, and this has to be evaluated on a case-by-case basis, but just to say that most patients are going to benefit from and should have conservative care prior to jumping into surgery. Absolutely, yep. That's a, that's a really neat case type. Well, Doc, thanks very much for being here today and taking the time to talk to us about decompression and pairing it with laser therapy. If patients want to be able to find you or find your clinics, find somebody with the equipment that can help them with laser therapy and decompression, how do they find you?
1: So uh, the website, spinespecialistclinics.com. So that's probably the easiest uh, way to go um, to to find uh, locations. Uh, We have a number in Canada. Um, We're actually going to be moving towards into the States uh, very, very soon. Uh, So that's, uh, that's our next uh, little push here. Uh, So yeah, so that's the easiest way for, for us to be found.
0: Perfect. We'll throw a link uh, in the show notes there as well. So it's easy for everybody to find. Doc, thanks again. And I'm sure we'll be chatting again soon.
1: Thank you so very much. I appreciate the opportunity to be on and thank you for everything you do as well.
0: Thanks a lot. Take care. Subscribe to this weekly podcast for more great information. Find a certified laser therapy clinic near you at lasertherapyinstitute.org. If you're a healthcare provider, check out our practitioner-focused Laser Therapy Institute podcast. Thanks for listening.